Hey, Abbott, what time is it? It's time for the Abbott and Costello Show. We're on the air for ABC here in Hollywood. Well, what are we waiting for? Let's go with the Abbott and Costello Show. Abbott and Costello Show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood for your listening pleasure with Susan Miller and Matty Malnick's orchestra. So hold on to your chairs, folks, for here they are, Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Quiet, quiet, Costello. What's... Hey, Costello, what's the idea of coming in here with all those old clothes and sneakers on? Uh, I just got to play tennis. You played tennis? Oh, sure. You should have seen me, Abbott. I'd hit the ball, then I run over on the other side of the net, then I hit it back, then I run on the other side of the net, and then I hit it back again, then I run on the other side of the net, then I hit it back again, then I run on the other side of the net. Wait, 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 why don't you get your Uncle Mike to play with you? He, he's quite a sportsman. Uncle Mike is too busy, Abbott. He's working on his new invention. It's a combination ping-pong paddle and hairbrush. <laughs> What's that for? Bald-headed men that need exercise. I... <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> hey, Lou, I understand that your Uncle Mike was arrested for drunken driving. Yes, the judge sentenced him to 30 days in solitary confinement on bread and water. But my Aunt May pleaded with the judge. She says, please, Your Honor, let Mike come back home and stay with Mother and me. What happened? Uncle Mike told Aunt May to shut up. He claimed the judge gave him a better deal. <laughs> Costello, your Uncle Mike will never amount to anything. He never had a good job in his life. Oh, no. Well, now. Uncle Mike used to work for the Sultan of Turkey. He had the best job in the harem. He used to sit by the swimming pool all day. He'd get so warm that seven gorgeous harem girls in thin veils had to fan him. What made him so warm? The seven girls in the thin veil. <laughs> Before the boys get any further involved in nonsense, here's a thought that makes good sense.
so excited about? Oh, my brother just married one of those Woodbury brides. She left on a honeymoon this morning, and Pat is staying with me until she comes back. <laughs> he married one of those Woodbury brides? Yep, 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 and, yep, yep. And he didn't even go with her on her honeymoon? Nope, 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 nope. He couldn't have it. After she got all that soap in the car, there was no room for him. <laughs> Talk sense. I understand that you went to uh, Tijuana, Mexico over the weekend, Lou. Yes, Habit. I love that Mexican food. I had tamales, enchiladas, chili con carne, and then there was another terrific Mexican dish. Well, tell me about it. There's nothing to tell. Her parents were very strict. Aha! Uh, <laughs> uh Mexican senorita, eh? I say, did you kiss her? I couldn't have it. That's against my mother's wishes. What do you mean? She made me promise never to kiss a girl until I was 21. Well, how old are you now? My mother won't tell me. I... <laughs> Now, what's wrong with that, kid? You idiot. The next time you meet a beautiful Mexican girl and you want to make a hit with her, buy her a nice present, Lou. Buy her a nice present? Sure. <laughs> I did that too, Abbott. I bought her a bottle of very ex exotic perfume. It, it has a terrific effect on women. What's the name of this perfume? It's called Gorgeous George Number no. 5. <laughs> Gorgeous George Number no. 5. Two drops and you sit all night and wrestle with your conscience. <laughs> Costello, why don't you stop chasing girls and get married? I nearly got married last week. I saw an ad in the paper that said, Gorgeous Redhead offers her hand in marriage for $10,000. I went over to see her. Uh, did you close the deal? No, I didn't mind giving her $10,000 for her hand, but she wanted $30,000 for the rest of her. Right. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> Paying Should have gave the writer $5 for a better joke. Yeah, just in there. <laughs> Paying for a wife. We gotta stop paying these guys. Never of... mind that. They're all You'll find right. out you get better results them. when you give them money. Keep your mind on your script. Keep quiet. I got my wife for nothing. I seen your wife. You were gypped. I... <laughs> I resent that. You certainly do resemble it. I never... Res I resemble... Uh, listen, I'll never forget the day I met her. It was at the beach and I was drowning. She dragged me out of the water. She gave me artificial respiration. <laughs> and while she was rolling me back and forth, back and forth, she asked me to marry her. And I accepted. She had you over a barrel. I... I love my wife, Costello. She used to be a chorus girl. You see these beautiful goddesses? Yeah. They were my wife's. Mm. Yeah, she wore them in every show she was in. They were very close to her heart. Wore them kind of high, didn't she? <laughs> you know, you'd be much better off if you got married. I ain't gonna get tied up, Abbott. I, I want to have some fun first. I had a very sad childhood. Nobody ever loved me. Even my parents didn't love me. They was always dropping me all the time. All the time my parents were dropping me. Well, <laughs> that can't be helped, Costello. Lots of parents accidentally drop their children. Off the Pasadena Bridge? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe you're right, Costello. Women, women are a wonderful thing. I wonder what men would do without women. Abbott, I hope I never find out. <laughs> That's no use, Costello. No matter how many women you meet, none of them will stick to you. Is that so? Yes. I happen to be a great lover. Oh, you would. I happen to be a great, great lover. Why, if you blindfolded Hedy Lamar and let me kiss her, I'll bet you a dollar she couldn't tell the difference between me and Van Johnston. Costello, I don't think you'd win. You know a better way to lose a dollar? I... <laughs> You know, Abbott, Hedy Lamar is building a new house right across the street from me, and she's coming over tonight to the show, and she's going to show me her plans, and boy, am I excited. Well, what are you excited about? I got a few plans of my own. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm going to take her to the movies to see that new picture. It's called The Babe Ruth Story. 
with our friend Bill Bendix. <clears throat> Roy Delruth directed it. Lovely picture. We're going to sit in the balcony. But that picture won't be in your neighborhood movie for six weeks, Lou. We can wait. <laughs> Come in. I understand you boys are on the air every Wednesday night. Is that correct? Yes, what about it? Isn't that rather a late hour for a crime program? The Abbott and Costello program is not a crime program. You get paid for doing it, don't you? Certainly. Brother, that's a crime. <laughs> that's Abbott Sniff, you folks. Come back here, Norman. Yes, Uncle Louie. Don't call me, Uncle. Why don't you get out of here and get yourself a job? Oh, I've got a job, Uncle Louie. I'm a babysitter. Why, last night I took care of Betty Grable's baby. And the night before, I took care of Betty Hutton's baby. And the night before that, I was at Joan Bennett's house. And tonight, I'm going to Jane Russell's house. Wait a minute. Jane Russell has no baby? Yeah, I know. <laughs> there you are. Now, you leave Norman alone, Costello. He's a very clever boy. And for that kind of stuff, I yeah. let him sit at the table with us. <laughs> he's a very clever kid, though, Lou. He's, he's teaching his pet canary and parrot a lot of tricks. You'd be surprised the tricks that birds can do. Yes, look at the one the stork pulled on his mother. I... <laughs> oh, Norman is all right. He's a little irritable. It's his Latin temper. He, he comes from an Italian uh, strain, you know. That guy would be a strain on any Italian. You should talk about my nephew. Your whole family are a bunch of stupid ah, ah, morons. Ah, 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 ah. That's enough of that. I, I said it. That, that, that. No feud now. No feud. Uh, no feud. My Aunt Alma is 68 years old and my Aunt Eva is 70. And they each got one of those new French bather suits and they went out on the beach and they got results. What do you mean? Well, Aunt Alma, she got a husband. Where did Aunt Eva get? Where did she get? No, what did she get? That's better. <laughs> she got double pneumonia. <laughs> I couldn't ask you the other way. <laughs> That's the way it reads. I don't know. I'm on page 14. Where are you? I'm on the same page. <laughs> Maybe the spot was both on the same page together. Can't fool us. I'm starting to talk like Uncle Norman now. <laughs> hey, by the way, how's Uncle Mike and Aunt May getting along today? Fine. They're whipping up a musical act for television. Aunt May taps Uncle Mike on the head with a hammer and plays it like a xylophone. Aunt May taps Uncle Mike. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's get this straight. Aunt May taps Uncle Mike on the head with a hammer like a cellophone? Mm. What does it sound like? I don't know. She always knocks him unconscious with the first tap. <laughs> oh, your Uncle Mike is an idiot just like you and anyway. How dare you talk that way about an old man like Uncle Mike? Oh, he's not so old. Yes, he is. His bones are starting to snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> After breakfast this morning, he couldn't tell whether it was the Rice Krispies acting up or him settling down. <laughs> I guess your Uncle Mike is your favorite Uncle Lou, eh? Huh? I guess your Uncle Mike is your favorite uncle. Ah, yes, he sure is. He's away on a trip now, and every day he sends me 150 postal cards. Why did he send you so many postal cards? He's got rheumatism. He can't let go of the pen. <laughs> Last week was my birthday, and Uncle Mike gave me a suit of pajamas. I was disappointed. I wanted a convertible coupe. Costello, there's quite a difference between a pair of pajamas and a convertible coupe. You're telling me. With pajamas, I can't go as many places with the top down. I... <laughs> a convertible coupe. What's the matter with the car you've got now? 
Well, I'd get in a lot of trouble with my car last night, Abbott. A blonde and a big roaster backed into me and poked a big hole in my radiator. And water was running all over the street and the cop gave me a ticket. Oh, that's ridiculous. It was the girl's fault. She busted your radiator. <laughs> and the water from your car squirted all over the street. I ask you, what could the cop give you a ticket for? For sprinkling the streets without a license. <laughs> I'm sure enough glad to see you all again. As soon as I see what's going on here, I'll let you know. <laughs> and I'm so glad to see you all again, too. <laughs> Costella. <laughs> Costella, who is this gorgeous girl? That's the kid that backed into me last night and busted my radiator. <laughs> Why, yes. And I came over here to reimburse you all. Well, that's my... <laughs> What are you going to do? I'm going to reimburse you. You wouldn't dare. Ah. <laughs> you haven't got the nerve. <laughs> but... Don't be silly, Costello. The, girls want... the girl wants to reimburse you. She wants to compensate you for your negligence. She wants to compensate what for whose? She Chocolate. wants to compensate you for her negligence. Her what? My negligence. Didn't you notice my negligence when I was driving my car? You ought to be ashamed of yourself riding around in an open car with nothing on but a negligence. <laughs> I was not. I was wearing my sunsuit. It's made out of a red bandana. Made out of what? You got a sunsuit made out of a red bandana? Uh-huh. Would you wear it to my birthday party at my house Saturday? What for? We're gonna play Drop the Handkerchief. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> don't, Costello. Miss, you have a beautiful southern accent. Where, where are you from? I'm from Georgia. I'm a real Georgia cracker. You're a what? I'm a cracker. A cracker? I never saw anything like you on the shelves of a grocery store. <laughs> Costello, this is the most beautiful girl you've ever met. Now, why don't you ask her to marry you? Then you can settle down and raise a family. A family? Certainly. Haven't you ever heard of the birds and bees? And... Yes. Which one is she? I... <laughs> Miss Costello, if you all come down south, you be sure and visit me now. My daddy's just crazy about boys. He always wanted a boy. In fact, when I was born, he was so sure I was going to be a boy that he registered me as a boy on my birth certificate. He did? Yes. Can you imagine me as a boy? I bet you'd sure drive him nuts at the YMCA. Mr. Costello, about the damage to your car, I'd like to square up with you all. It was my fault, you know. Now, what would you like me to give you? Uh, can I ad-lib this next line, or do I have to read what's here? <laughs> Mr. Costello, I haven't got any money, but if you'll let me, I'll pay you with a kiss. That would be nice. It's a deal. I'll give you a kiss that'll send a thousand volts of electricity through your body. Come here. Well, <laughs> Costello. Costello, are you all right? I feel pretty good, but do me a favor, will you, Abbott? What? Check my wiring and test my batteries. I think I just blew a fuse. <laughs> 
And that's only half the fun, folks. Just as many laughs yet to come. But first, listen to this. Costello. We're on in just a second. That's right, Abbott, but here's a swell place to show off Susan Miller. Let's get her to sing a song. Okay, Costello. Ladies and gentlemen, here's our singing star, Susan Miller, with the music of Maddie Malnick. Poor butterfly neath the blossoms waiting. Poor butterfly Loved him so The moments pass into hours The hours pass into years And as she smiles through a tear She murmurs low The moon and I Know that he'll be faithful I'm sure he'll come by and by But if he don't come back Then I'll never sigh or cry I just must die For Hours pass into years, and as she smiles through her tears, she murmurs low, the moon and I know that he'll be faithful, I'm sure he'll come by and by, but if he don't come back, then I'll never sigh or cry. What are you so excited about? Listen to this. Dear Lou Costello, I have been listening to, your ra- to you on the radio, and I'd love to have you in my cabinet. <laughs> Signed, Dewey. <laughs> Dewey. 
This is ridiculous. You know nothing about politics. I do so. My Uncle Mike was a great politician. He was a congressman. He did more for the people of this country than any other man in Congress. What'd he do? He got sick and went home. <laughs> Last time Uncle Mike ran for office, the election was fixed. The election, I tell you, was fixed. Anyone who wanted to vote for him was beat up. The other party took his name off the ballot sheets. Every time he tried to make a speech, they ran him out of town. Wait a minute. What makes you think the election was fixed? Uncle Mike won. <laughs> Look, suppose you get to Washington. Have you any ideas for improving the government, Lou? Yes, sir. Now we're getting You'll someplace. bet your life I have. Come on. The first thing I'm going to do is build a new home for the United Nations on the edge of a cliff 19,000 feet high in the Rocky Mountains. What for? The next time the Russian delegate wants to walk out, he'll think twice. Estelle, <laughs> if you're going to be in Dewey's cabinet, you, you'll have to have your hand on, uh, on the public pulse. Now, let's, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's step into this cafe and talk to an average Los Angeles citizen and find out what, he's, what he thinks about. Come on. Okay. I'll talk to this guy at the free lunch counter. All right, go ahead. Hey, mister. I'm like sorry. To... I'm sorry. I got no time to talk to you. I'm in a hurry. I got to finish these five bowls of soup. Then I got to eat these cheese sandwiches. Then I got to finish this big salad. And I got to eat all the frankfurters. Then I got to rush home. Why do you have to rush home? I don't want to be late for supper. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me talk to this man, Costello. Uh, mister, my friend Costello is a politician, and he's interviewing the average citizen. Now, would you mind answering a few questions? Not at all. I work in a factory, I make a nice salary, and I pay my taxes. Now, where, where do you live? In a converted streetcar. <laughs> I've got five kids, I've got no shoes. My wife wears an old bed sheet for a dress. We sleep on a pile of old newspapers. Now, can I ask you a question? Why, certainly. What are the poor people doing? Uh... <laughs> you know, I feel sorry for that man, Costello. I wouldn't worry about him, Abbott. In this country, everybody has got a chance. Remember how they laughed at Edison when he invented the cotton gin? Uh, <laughs> Whitney invented the cotton gin. No wonder they laughed at Edison. Uh, <laughs> Costello, it's no joke to be poor. You're telling me. When I was a kid, we were so poor, my mother had to take in washing. She took in so much washing, she had to send my clothes to the laundry. All I had to eat was liverwurst sandwiches. On Monday, I'd go to school, open my lunchbox. What did I find? Liverwurst sandwiches. Then I got a job, and at noon, I'd open my lunch pail. There they were, liverwurst sandwiches. To this day, every time I unwrap my lunch, I always find liverwurst sandwiches. Hold well, on, wait a minute. Don't get excited. If you don't like liverwurst sandwiches, tell your mother not to make liverwurst sandwiches. My mother? I make them myself. <laughs> Look, Abbott, there's that gorgeous girl, that, that southern girl that bumped into my car. Let's talk to her. Well, I sure am glad I ran into you all again. I was just leaving for Tennessee. Hmm, for Tennessee? Uh-huh, Chattanooga. Hmm? Chattanooga. We will if we have time. <laughs> uh, Miss Costello is uh, going just to Just a minute. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> What's the matter? What kind of line is that? Miss Costello's gonna... No, no, I That's said... a miss with apostrophe mark. I miss said... Costello. All right, please. Not uh, miss uh, Costello. All right, I'll read it again. Twelve years I've been with him. He don't know which one I am. Well, you've got to be one of the two. Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, yes, sir. That's better. Uh, miss, Costello's going That's to better. be... That's <laughs> better. Costello's going to be in Dewey's cabinet, 
And he wants to find out what the people are thinking. Well, I'm always thinking. I've been thinking I'd like to stay here in Hollywood. My daddy wants me to come home. I want to stay here. Mr. Costello, what would you do if you were in my place? I don't know. Let's go to your place and find out. <laughs> oh, you're so cute and so cunning. How would poor little old you like to live here right now with poor little old me and go to my poor little old place and sit on my poor little old sofa and you can make love to poor little old me? Just a minute till I talk to my partner. <laughs> what do you want, Costello? Poor little old Abbott. Poor little old me is going to leave now with this poor little old girl and you can take this poor little old script and finish this poor little old show by your poor little old self. Costello, yeah. <laughs> you idiot. Enough of this nonsense. <laughs> We're going to Washington to see Billy. <laughs> well, Costello, this is the address that was on the telegram. The name on this door says uh, Thorndike. It's possible that Mr. Dewey is staying with friends here in Washington. Dewey's got friends in Washington? Uh, <laughs> talk, talk sense. Let's go in the house. <laughs> Hey, Abbott, these politicians in Washington must be awful rich. Just look at the dust on the furniture. Well, lots of people have... <laughs> lots of people have dust on their furniture. Gold dust? Go gold? <laughs> Mr. Thorndike is probably a very important man in the government. I'll bet his wife is a strange-looking woman. What makes you think that? <coughs> look at those two shaving mugs on a the table. They're marked his and hers. <laughs> oh, there you are, fellow Americans. Brother taxpayers, my friends, uh, will you two voters just be seated till I finish talking to my wife on the phone? Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, yes, dear. You went department store shopping this afternoon? You spent a million dollars. That's okay, dear. Goodbye. Uh, your, your wife went to uh, department store shopping and spent a million dollars? Well, what did she buy? A department store. <laughs> uh, what can I do for you, gentlemen? Well, I'm Luke Costello, and I got a telegram saying that Dewey wanted me in his cabinet. And I'd like to see Dewey. You would? Well, I'll just call him. Dewey! Oh, oh. come in, <laughs> That's Dewey. Yep, my son, Dewey. Well, j just a second. Costello got a wire stating that Dewey wanted to put him in his cabinet. That's correct, sir. You see, Dewey's got a cabinet just full of freaks. He's got a two-headed cat, a six-legged horse, and he needs Costello to complete his collection. That's enough, brother. Get me out of here now. Come on, Abbott. Now, before Abbott and Costello have their final fling, we bring you one more thought on this subject.
Now, here are Abbott and Costello with a final word. Well, Costello, it's a good thing for this country that you're not in politics. You don't, know, you don't even know anything about the history of the United States. Oh, yes, I do. I got a book right here all about George Washington. Abbott, did you know that George Washington became president when he was still a baby? Oh, Washington was not president while he was a baby. Oh, no. Well, it says right here in the book. When Washington was elected president, they took him from New York to Philadelphia in a carriage, and they changed him at Trenton. Oh, good night, folks. Wednesday night at this time for another great Abbott and Costello show, produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Charles Vanda, and featuring Susan Miller and Matty Malnick and his orchestra. So, goodbye until this same time next Wednesday. Be sure to stay tuned for the outstanding entertainment which follows throughout the evening on this ABC station. <laughs> <laughs>